Hello wonderful souls and welcome to today is episode on recovery from fragmented families podcast. It's your host Mariam bringing you another episode. Today I have an amazing guest. Her name is Victoria. Yes, Victoria is a coach and she is specialized in coaching women um, through, you know, to go through a personal development journey. And she's also a podcaster too. She specializes in self-love and singleness. Victoria believes that singleness is more than just being single. It's a moment where everything starts with you from the inside out. She has coached many people in their singleness season and has helped them to see their true value by, promote, um, by promoting the importance of putting yourself first. Now, with that being said, Victoria is here today just to share her story. Now, before Victoria became a coach, before she became a coach, she went through trials of her own and she's simply here to share that and how you can use your adversities not only to um, empower yourself, but to help others in the process as well. Now, Victoria was one of 11 children and she was the youngest. And no, she never had the fairy tale of being the youngest of 11 kids and being spoiled. That was not her experience. But I'm not going to speak much. I'll just let Victoria speak for herself. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. And guys, remember, I have a private Facebook group. The details will be on the show notes on the podcast as well as a private membership site as well where I provide group coaching um, and also it's peer-led and it is only £16.25p a week or £65 a month okay but thank you so much for listening all the details will be on the show notes below and including Victoria's details as well and thank you so much for tuning in Hello guys and welcome to today's episode. So today's episode, I have a very special young lady. I call her young sister because she's very, very young. And But when you hear us to speak, you think, gosh, I'm listening to someone who's much older. She's very wise. And sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast, I, I forget I'm actually listening to a 25-year-old. I'm not an ageist, but I'm just saying that she is very young. But what the stuff comes out of her mouth is very valuable. Now, I'm going to introduce you to Victoria. The thing about Victoria is that she is an empowerment coach. She teaches women how to love themselves. The stuff she speaks of on our podcast will make you think she's somebody who's in their late 30s, perhaps 40s, who experienced a lot in life. But sometimes life reminds me that there are people who have experienced so much in their short life that they're able to guide others. I'm not going to speak much. I'm just going to let Victoria introduce herself. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you for having me, Mariam. So like you said, I am a empowerment coach. I do love um, to help everyone actually, but I focused on women because I've seen many things in my life, especially with my siblings that um, shaped the way I see life and the just want to uh, help others with their self-love because I've seen it in my family how the lack of self-love can impact your life in a way 
So that's why I'm doing what I do uh, on my podcast at the Emirates podcast. I always say that, you know, it's okay to be selfish, you know, self first is not selfish. But at the same time, I feel like women tend to not be selfish most of the time. So I encourage them to do so. Yes. Did you hear that guys? Being self-care is not selfish. I just mm. stick down my wall says self-care is not selfish because we often feel guilty when you, we are indulging in self-care. So Victoria, can you tell my listeners more about you, um, your background? So here on this uh, podcast space, the people that listen to me the most are people that have gone through family estrangement um, or experienced fragmented families. I remember a long time ago, I wrote the post and uh, you simply wrote back, you were one of 11 children and you can understand what I'm writing. Are you able to elaborate a little bit more that in a context of your experiences, in a context of larger family, in a context of family dynamics, in a context of who you are? Yeah, like my family played a big role in my life. When I was a child, um, we had many family events that would always end in a fight. So it was really hard for me to understand back then but it impacted me like every single time we had a family event let's say a birthday party or something um there would be a fight so growing up i i i got used to it but it didn't make me happy because when you're young let's say nine years old to 11 or not even like 12 or 14. I remember like having breakdowns just because I didn't have that attention that I should be getting from my siblings or my parents. I felt like my siblings, so I have six sisters and four brothers. Um, I felt like they were having the, the attention from my parents. So I never felt the love. Um, I always say that I have emotionally unavailable mom and dad uh, both of them but I'm closer to my mom but um, it actually made me feel more more distant to my father than my mom with the whole situation I remember um, one day I actually snapped at my mom I was like why do you always stress about the kids that left the house i'm in your house i'm in your home but you don't even care about me you stress more about the others than me and just growing up that way i realized that today the 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 relationship that my siblings have today is a result of the years and years of fighting right because every time there's something special like even a a wedding one person is not always happy at the end there's something wrong so i see some of my siblings today do not talk to each other or um they're just not in good terms you know they would be okay with just saying hi and bye but not like a good relationship there and also being part of a big family i'm the last one i don't have a like I don't have contact with my older siblings because of the age gap, right? So I feel like most, the the big part of my life, I felt like I was mostly alone. I didn't, I had many siblings and it's like, 
it's like when you go to school and people say how how many siblings you have and then you say you're the last kid and they hear 11 they're like oh you're you must be spoiled Spoiled. yes exactly (laughs) yeah but that was not the case i grew up really very independent um and that's just how i went through life and just by observing my siblings that's how i got inspired to do what i do today well you know it's um i have a i have a daughter she there's a big age gap between her and her brothers she by definition she's very spoiled by all of us she's the only girl Mm -hmm. and she's the youngest so her 18 year old brother makes fuss over her her 14 year old brother makes fuss everybody makes fuss over her because she's the youngest and she's a little princess so i guess to most people they're used to those dynamics of being the youngest especially one of 11 you've got so many parental figures Mm. with that said if you're growing up in a household where arguments and fighting were the norm I guess sometimes if they're in a state of fight or flight there couldn't be that sibling older sibling even perhaps a parental figure that you would have people would have imagined for you to have because I guess they were dealing with their own stuff and now it sounds like they've got their own issues to the point that mm. they don't really communicate in that sense. So how does it impact you in a way? Because I think a lot of people listening to this now that can relate to that. They were perhaps the youngest and maybe they don't have much relationship with their older siblings. And I remember reading a post once on, um, on Facebook, somebody very similar to you. She didn't have as many siblings, but she had two older siblings, but they just didn't have that connection because of the big eight. I think there was a 14 years age gap uh, between mm-hmm. them. And she just felt that they, they didn't connect to her. She doesn't have much of a relationship with them. So from a young person's pers- perspective, like yourself, who would have wanted that initial contact, what made you reluctant? Because eventually I think you would have given up. Maybe you did you try and what made you feel like, you know, well, I, I can't really try to pursue this anymore. What was that? Yeah, I was like 12 years old. I was like, I I remember 12, when I was 12, that was the first time that I had my biggest depression. I was just tired because it's like, I didn't have many friends. I didn't have attention at home. I would always be in my room. And I I was just like, well, complaining to God, like, why am I alive? You know, like, why am I alive? Like, what? what am I doing? Right? Like, I don't feel the love anywhere I go. So for me, that's how it was. But I'm not gonna deny that some of my siblings did um, try to be there for me by giving me gifts. But sometimes, like what we need, like, I, I can't relate to children that are spoiled with gifts, but not spoiled with love in motion, because you can give me this latest iPhone or iPad, but what I want is actually your attention and your love, like spending more time with you. Yeah. So not only I was given things that I didn't want, but I was giving more, like a lot of them that made me feel like I was not heard. Like, you don't even know what I love, yeah. right? So um, that's that's a lot of the feelings and things that I was experiencing when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that I actually wanted to give up. And that's the second right. time- At such a young age. Yes, yes, it is. And the thing that 
I like I still remember them, right? I still remember them today. I'm 25. I still remember these moments because I almost lost like lost my life because I was just like so so depressed and I didn't want to live. So, um it was just like a conversation that I had with God and I remember just sleeping and then waking up and being like, "You know what? Why don't I just live for my nephews and nieces?" Because when you're young, uh, you're the youngest of 11 children. There's children that are in the in the family that are not like your your siblings. They're in your nephews and nieces. So I was already an aunt before I was born. Wow. Just yeah, yeah. So um, there's there's also that like most of the attention that I needed was given to the grandchildren. Yes exactly so for me it's it was like that battle of you know i want attention i want love but at some point at 12 years old when i wanted to lose everything i was just like i'm gonna make a change and it's not gonna be for my life it's gonna be for my nephews and nieces because i don't want them to grow up and have the same experience as me yeah so would you say that's when you got your haha moment like something is that was that the start of your personal development journey? No, no. <laughs> the start of my personal development journey actually started on my third depression. So I, I, I got depressed at 12. Mm -hmm. um, today I can call it depression, but back then I couldn't. Um, the you second time was... You were too young. Sometimes at that age, we don't even have the name for what we're feeling or what we're going through. So yeah. It's understandable. Yeah, exactly. So I 12 that's the time that i i experienced the depression and then at somewhat when i started university um i got like a really big uh, big breakdown like i was really stressed because i was working and i was going to university and just many things in my life was not making sense yeah. <laughs> and i i got a breakdown um i didn't call it depression back then i just say okay it's another thing you know it's another emotional journey and then when i finished university i think i was 22 mm -hmm. um I was I was sitting down in like in this small apartment um, that I was living in to be closer to university and I was just drained and tired. Um, it was back in 2018, like beginning February mm -hmm. that I realized my life has been for other people. Like I was just sitting down and I was very sad. Um, I was drained and it actually started months before that like in late 2017 i had a boyfriend i had friends but they couldn't even like to help me with the depression because i didn't even know that i was going through depression yeah. so since it accumulated the, the stress and breakdowns and all that like i was always going to bed and crying myself to sleep so just i sat down and i was just like damn i'm like like I'm tired, you know, <laughs> and as we're like, I, I, I took my phone, scrolled through Instagram and I, I received a message. Someone sent me this video of um, relationship goals on YouTube yeah. and I was watching the, the, the videos and as I was watching, I felt very connected to the message. The message was technically um, that you must love yourself first, love God 
well, love God, love yourself, and then love others. And that's when I it clicked because it comes from Matthew uh, 22, verse 37 to 39, wow. um, that verse in the Bible. And when I was meditating that verse, I realized that we were all doing it wrong. As in, first, you need to fill up your cup, yes. like put yourself first yes. in your life, be happy, and then you can love others the way you want to be loved, right? Yes. And that's when everything clicked for me. That's when I, I just realized that I was made for greater things in life. Yes, I love that. Yeah. I love what you just said in terms of fill up your cup and then you pouring into others. Because I think if you're pouring into others from a place of a deficit, in, in the place of an empty cup or half-filled cup, you're left depleted. Now, you said that um, just a few minutes ago that you felt like one of the things that made you feel so down is that you, were, you felt like you were living for others. Would you say your experiences as a child trying to gain attention, feeling invisible, not feeling particularly wanted, uh, which again are many of the feelings of some people going for family estrangement. Would you say that led you to become maybe a people pleaser? Um, would you have considered yourself as somebody who want to, to be who was a people pleaser at the time? Definitely. Like for me, when I realized the the verse of, you know, you must love God. Uh, love yourself and then love others. What I realized in that moment is that I was putting everyone else on the pedestal and then I was just left with nothing. Mm -hmm. So what I used to do, like the reason why I was going to university was to please my parents to all to it's so funny because like I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. When I got my diploma, yeah. my dad was not there. He went back home to, to Africa um, to he had a funeral and stuff, but it was already time for him to come back, but he decided to stay longer. Um, and when I I realized that he was not going to be there, I didn't want to show up. I didn't want to go to my ceremony. And my mom was just like, just go. I'm here. I'll be there. Yeah. And I went. But then when my dad came back, he never actually said congratulations. Wow. And that really, really broke my heart. And just going through that, like, I was so happy that I made that realization that I was putting everyone else first before the whole um, graduation thing. Um, so yeah, like everything that I was doing, the things that I was doing in my social life, like going out to the club, partying and being an extrovert when I'm an introvert, um, was all part of like being wanting to be accepted and pleased because if someone would call me yeah 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 yeah. it was exhausting and I was like if it's so it's so like funny because when I told my friend a best friend of mine we're still friends been friends for like more than 10 years I told her I'm actually an introvert and she's like whoa I would never guess that because you've always been like the life of the party like you're always like outgoing and stuff but because once I I step down and I'm quiet people think there's something wrong right so Victoria always have to be hyped Victoria always have to be in the dance floor and do all that and that was just to to please other people. I was tired. I got really, really tired in 2018 about that, yeah. Do you know, that makes so much sense. I always say that we have this emotional blueprint um, that we use as, as adults. And that emotional blueprint was created in our primary environment. 
And later down the line, we adopt certain things within that emotional blueprint as a survival mechanism. Yeah. And I can under, I can actually see the connection between how the way you were behaving then, it was trying, it was basically you find yourself uh, in a situations where you your childhood essentially was recreated, but with your other relationship that you're making. And you mm-hmm. still want to be seen and you're acting the way to be seen, even if it's going against your own authentic self, which is a exactly. person who's quite quiet. So, and I always talk about that when we have this blueprint installed in us, it's not easy. We don't even understand that it's an installation, it's an indoctrination, it's complex things that came together to make us who we are and why we see the things that we see in a way that we see them and how, why we feel the way we do. We just know we do it, but it's coming from a deep subconscious level right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and I'm glad you had such a waking at such a young age because often a lot of people can go through life and they don't discover that until they're 60 or 70 sometimes even 70s yeah that is to me it sounds like you're a very deep reflective person yes I am I am I spend a lot of time with my thoughts I when I had my breakthrough in 2018 I purchased my first book not for like I usually just purchase a book for school like this assignment yeah I purchased my first book um which was think and grow rich somewhat yeah somewhat that book it was super small but I was so happy to read it because it felt like I was heard in a way like you know the things that you think but you keep to yourself you always ask yourself questions but like that book actually answered so many things and then Mm -hmm. I started purchasing another book and then another book and now I have like a whole library so I always say the moment that I I feel super happy is when I have a book or when I'm alone with my thoughts or when I just am not connected to social media or anything like that because I reflect I am very deep and without even going to school i can tell exactly when i'm go like i i'm a coach now um when i do my my coaching with my clients i can tell that the things that they're doing today is because of their childhood traumas and that's just because i've been through it and i was able to reflect on it yeah those childhood traumas have a way of creeping us up in our life yes i i was listening to your podcast and on one of the episodes you said that you know your life depends on self-love like literally your very existence mm-hmm. depends on you loving yourself. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, for me, when you love yourself, you want to be better, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time where it's like people would preach that, you know, just love the way you are, love the way you are. Like even if you have you were having um health issues or like when i say health issues like people can you can see that they're overweight and it's an issue like people would encourage the you know love yourself the way you are love it like you're okay like i'm like okay yeah it's fine you know you should love where you are now but you shouldn't be where you are now in a few years because self-love requires you to be better, requires you to increase your self-esteem and self-confidence so you can go for the things that you want in life, right? Yes. Many things that I see today when I, I, when I talk to the people that I meet on Instagram compared to the people that I meet at work, mm-hmm. it's very, very different because you can see that at work, someone already decided that they're living for their children. 
they're not actually living for themselves and they don't really have a meaning of life for themselves. It's always like, I need to work for my children. I need to do this for this. And I'm just like, okay, but is this all that you want? Because at the end of the day, yes, you can um, go up with like the titles and stuff, but are you happy? Because what I noticed is that many people, when they do that, they go through medication after that. They have to be um, diagnosed with something, depression or things like that. But the reason why they are like that is because they haven't actually sat down with themselves and asked themselves if they're doing something for them, right? So for me, if you want to, to survive in life, you have to love yourself enough that you make decisions for you. And then when you make decisions for yourself, your children will see that and they will follow it. So it's, yeah. I love that you said that because I, I was going through my books and I came across The Alchemy, which I read some time ago. When the first, I think the first um, 24 pages of The Alchemy by Paolo Coelho, he talks mm -hmm. about personal legends and how we all have these personal legends and they're more prominent in us when we're children because we believe in possibilities, right? Yeah. Uh, we believe in, I guess, magical thinking and that we can be whatever we want to be, we can achieve stuff. But somewhere along the lines, as life takes hold of us, we life happens and the personal legends that we believe, we, we start to believe is unattainable. So it's not unusual for someone to believe, well, happiness, life is about just getting through, it's about grind, you don't need to be happy. Or it's, you know, I've always come from a poor family, so that's for rich people. Um, mm -hmm. Those personal legends, sometimes the possibility thinking, or the, I call it the magical thing, which is great to have because it means you're always going to try it. I feel like it gets dampened down by life. And this is when we go through certain traumas. We start looking things through that and we develop limited mindset, limited, mm -hmm. limited the way we view the world. We limit ourselves, right? Based on the voices, uh, especially if we've got abandonment wounds, they're mm -hmm. a way of just causing havoc in us as an adult right so I love that you mentioned when you work with people because you're quite young so and I presume you know you work in in an office where there's a lot of people much older than you are and when you can see this playing out in real life and you can understand it and often when we get to ourselves in a cycle of just we're not really living we're just going by I, I, I'm not sure if you get what I'm saying that we just yeah we're, we're like zombies by. yes Sleep we're just getting by and uh -huh. this indoctrination way of being like you go to university you get a job you have to get married and then that's it like, mm -hmm. that is it and then on top of that there is other adversities and pain points that we're going to come across in life and they throw us sideways but I always feel when we go through a journey of development we're just trying to find a silver lining in something mm -hmm. right and it's hard I I, I don't even like because it's you cannot go like you cannot go through life without your ups and downs no. when you start your personal development you're going to find it hard mm -hmm. and it's still going to be hard because you will have to always be self-aware and sometimes for me I've, I've come to like a certain point in my life where i'm just like okay i need to change the way i eat i need to change my habits and like i always change it because i'm growing and i'm going towards a goal 
And sometimes I'm just like, I wish I could just say stop and just yeah. stay at, at my government job and not do anything else because, you know, it's so draining. But then I have friends now that are just like, well, it's going to be hard. You're going to be depressed, right? Because you're not doing what you want to do. So you're right. You know, the journey of personal development for me, I find that it is difficult. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's difficult because we're trying to restore a new soft way, a soft way in our mind, a new way of thinking, a new way of being. But our brain likes what's familiar, right? Mm -hmm. We're always going to gravitate to what we already know, even if it's pain, even if it's a, such an inconvenience thing that leads us to self-sabotage or engage in relationship, they're not conducive to helping us at all. As a matter of fact, they can make us feel really, really bad, right? Mm -hmm. Those relationships that give us element of abandonment, wounds or rejection, so we keep going back for more. It's like those red flags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I often feel sometimes as human beings, when we go through so many traumas in life, we can often just be attracted to those red flags. Not attracted, not even on a conscious level, but it's our subconscious mind, right? Mm -hmm. And I was listening to your podcast and you, when you were saying to women sometime when, or men who are dating and they can see these red flags and, you know, someone's rejecting them, but they're rationalizing this rejection, right? Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, maybe they, they didn't call me because they're busy. And mm -hmm. I haven't dated in many years. I've been married. Uh, I've been with my husband for 16 years. So mm -hmm. I haven't done the dating scene. And when I was, I was very, very, very young. I was in my early 20s. So for me, now I understand this area now better by hearing women's accounts of what some of these red flags are. Are you able to tell me a little bit more about that in terms of the way we just put other people first and we ignore red flags, we put them first? Because you speak so eloquently about that on your podcast yeah when it comes like for me i grew up with four brothers and six sisters i've realized that men have that self-esteem it's just there right because they have their mothers their aunties and all these female figures in their life pouring love into them like actually saying you can do it you like i'm always going to be there for you i remember one of my brothers he left when he was like 17 he left home but my mom was usually like always there supporting him financially or even just like calling and checking up on him and stuff and i'm not saying that she's not doing with she's not doing it with her daughters but when her like the fan family when you have like an let's say um i forgot the word cultural cultural family um you'll see that the 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 kids like the females yes. yeah the females will leave home to go and get married right so it's like there there's that part where it's like okay i see that my 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 brothers have that natural you know um self-esteem they they go out there they would marry or even get a divorce and my parents will be just like okay it's fine you know they, they will go and do their own thing they have that freedom but as i was growing i just see that lots of women now when they go through divorce and they have to be like by themselves or come back home that self-esteem is broken they don't have that self-esteem actually because they never had it right they were always taught to to care for you know you have to care for your husband you have to care for your children and all those things but it's never about them so what i notice is that even if my sister got a divorce it's going to be harder for her to go out there and date because she will only accept like anything that she has she will not actually have a high standards for the men 
that will come and actually make sure that that person treats her good, right? It's always like if they're secured and things like that. So for me, I see it a lot, not just in my family. I see it a lot in my friends. I see it a lot on social media, even in myself. When I grew up, I used to hate men just because of the relationship that I had with my dad. But after when I said, okay, but we're not going to stay single forever. I don't want to grow old and regret, right? Um, so I, I decided to heal those wounds and go out there and date. But I realized that whenever someone wouldn't do what I was expecting them to do, I would just give an excuse. I would just say, well, maybe they're busy. Or if they tell me that they're busy, I would just say, okay, because they're busy, then I need to just wait. But then when I was doing something like, you know, I'm busy and I'm not giving the men attention, they will feel like I'm rejecting them and then that's it. It's like women don't have uh, that period where the men is like, okay, she's busy, I understand, right? They will always like go and find what they want. And that's what I, I, I say by self-esteem. Like if the person is not in the standards that you want, there's many out there. We need to stop saying that there's only one man and that one man will care for us because at the end of the day, it's not true, right? At the end of the day, we should always date to see, to have actually the person that we want, not to give ourselves to anyone because they want us. Mm. And I think because I think sometimes those abandonment wounds and rejection, you know, you serve in just intimate relationship, it can lead people to involve in in relation because they're scared to be alone they're scared to be yeah alone. Um, mm -hmm. and i think this goes even the people's for example gone family estrangement if an abandonment was a big element of that this is something that can find themselves being accepting relationship with narcissistic people for example because they don't yeah. feel they deserve any better mm -hmm. so for me i have this outlook in life and i say when it comes to life i've, I've you know life is very complicated things but I love to simplify things because I guess I've got children and and sometimes when I'm talking to them, I like to simplify things for them. And I was saying to my son um, that when it comes to life, it, it really is about two elements. I know there's many elements to life, but there's two things that I, I think if we can really focus on, it can allow us to pivot a bit better when we go through adversity. So mm -hmm. I said that's relationship management and obstacle management. And the reason why I've boiled down to two elements is because from the day that we are born to the day that we die, we're going to be engaging in relationships, right? Yeah, yeah. Is relationship that can either make us or break us. Mm -hmm. At a young age, we had no choice. But what happened to us in our young age dictates our relationship in the future. And those relationships can prepare us forward or move us back or actually lead other people to suicide, frankly speaking. Mm -hmm. And then other time is obstacles that happened in our life. Those are the adversities. I know there's a happiness factor. There's a lot of happy moments in our life, but the way our brain operates is that it focuses on the negative more than the, than the positives. It's uh, the positive things that come, they, it's almost like it's water for ducks back. They come, they stay for a moment and then they disappear. We tend mm -hmm. to illuminate and go over and over and over over negative experiences a lot more than, than positive ones. And yeah. if we can just learn the resilience aspect of dealing with these things, it would help us later down the line because adversity is going to happen whether we like mm -hmm. it or not. And as we go through this thing called life, it's always going to be 
one thing after another. Sometimes it's our own doing, sometimes it's the doing of other people. So mm -hmm. I feel that whenever we go through this life, it's such a good way. It's this process called life. If we can just learn how to navigate it. And I remember listening to your podcast and you're mentioning that imagine if you go back to school and you're talking about if the teachers could, if the people could just say there's going to be a thing called life and you're really going to have to learn how to navigate these things, right? But often when we go to school, it's for the purpose of getting, I guess, being a good citizen, getting a job and you get indoctrinated in a way of life to be. But sometimes when life begins, that's when things come crashing down because we're so ill-prepared. You know, normally mm -hmm. you say, oh, by the way, you're going to be divorced at age of 27 and that's going to really hurt you. You're going to be abandoned by your family or you might have to walk away from your family. It's going to feel like this. When you mm -hmm. feel like this, you're more likely to behave like this. When you feel like this, is, these are the feelings, these are the manifestations. So be wary, protect your energy. Imagine if we just reinforce these ideas of protecting your energy, building resilience from really, really young age, right? Mm. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Yeah, in that podcast, I actually was talking about how high school and school in general just play a big impact in our mental health because of the way we are like I've I always when I was a child, I always believed that we're getting brainwashed. But today I truly believe that we're getting brainwashed, <laughs> especially at school, because like everything that we do yeah. is so copy pasted like we always do that and then when you go out there especially like in university or college we we have a glimpse of it like okay i was the best in high school and now i have to work hard in front of like a hundred people in this classroom yeah. and sometimes the person that had like amazing grades in high school are failing in university and they have a little glimpse of that but you know, some people, if they go out of the college world and now they start working and they have a hard time finding employment, that's when they start feeling their emotions and the mental health starts to get at them. But then there's some people that just go out there, they get successful and they never look back because it's very like it's, it's a, like a path that was already made for them. But hopefully they, they do get that experience of things are not going the way it is because like you said they will have relationships right and that's a part where it's going to also affect them when it comes to mental health because we don't really teach about relationships in school yes. so and I think yeah you're right and i think when it comes to it's like people get taught we, we attach identity into our careers exactly. so i am a doctor i am a nurse and you you define and create a narrative around your occupation and who you are mm -hmm. and sometimes the two can can create internal conflict um within yeah. and i think there's there's that occupation but that that's that does not make us us like mm -hmm. i'm a social worker by profession but i'm not as, as a person who am i what, what am exactly. i exactly and I, yeah. I love to listening to deepak chopra because they always want to tap in on who am i mm. what am i what do i want what can I offer? Do you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. So no, I love that. So just before we conclude in our podcast interview, and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I told you guys mm -hmm. she's very wise for our age. <laughs> <laughs> There's somebody out there at the moment is probably contemplating estrangement because they've always felt they didn't they they were made to feel they did not belong. And they don't know if they're gonna be okay because 
if you grow up in an in an, a home where you feel like you were never be, you never felt the sense of belonging that can create all sorts of havoc in your life now in terms of how you view yourself and other people what kind of advice would you give to that person as a 25 year old um now who's had to navigate this idea of not feeling particularly belonging and unseen and now they just almost reach into the end of the tether saying you know what I can't deal with this anymore is enough is enough yeah I would say change your environment that's one thing what I've done in my life um I changed my perspective of life from putting everyone else first like the needs of my parents and stuff first and I changed it to me I went back to myself um take a moment to get to know you who you are Mm -hmm. and then after that you assess with that like for example I I discovered that I was an introvert and I started acting the way I wanted to act so if I wanted to stay home and not go out and party I would do it because it's my life and I'm the like main character of my life they say lots of people say that the world does not uh, revolve around you I say that it does. You are, it's your world. It's your own world. You make it the way you want it. Think about it as a blank canva and you have a paint and you just draw whatever you want. So I had the courage to leave my parents' home. So I think that if that's needed, then change your environment. So you then you can now restart your life or reset your life. Um, I'm, I make decisions based on what I want and not what my employer wants or my family wants. It's yeah. always me. So think about yourself first. Yeah. And how do you, how have you, conce- um, you know how we can reach a decision when we become okay with the decision? How have you, you said you don't really communicate much with your older siblings uh, early in the podcast. Um, what does that process look like? What, what did you reach a level of acceptance? Like it is what it is. Uh, how did you reach that acceptance? Like, you know what? I don't have that relationship. I would have wanted to, but I don't have it. What type of mindset do you need to reach to acceptance of that? Mm, I did not do all of this on my own. I had help from a therapy, a therapist, actually two of them, two different ones. One of them helped me with my parents relationship and the other one helped me with my relationship that I had with men and my siblings at some point I realized that the only person that I can control is me I cannot control the way my parents thinks because they have their cultural ways of doing things Mm -hmm. so even though I had to fight with my dad to get out of that house because for him it's like women needs to leave the house only well, women leaves the house only to get married. For me, it was very important for me to leave the house so that I can be happy. And when I'm happy, then I can find the right spouse for myself. Um, so go to therapy. It's a huge help for you. It's going, they're going to help you figure out how you can make decisions. Because my therapist made me realize that it has to go the way I want it to go. And if I'm able to sustain my lifestyle, like go to work and be an adult and feed myself, then it is safe for me to leave. And if it's not, if you're not in that point, then start working on it. Stay at your parents' place if you are there and collect some money for yourself and find an apartment that you can 
sustain your life around you know something like that oh well so speaking of that i saw you offer women a course to become debt free you teach women how to become completely debt free as well yeah yeah because you know with with self-love comes you know your physical health uh financial health spiritual mental and emotional health that's what i i do like all these five health that's how i I go about life. Like if they're not stable, then I'm not stable. So it was very important for me to remove the student loans because I realized that I was going to university for not myself. So I was really, really mad about it. Mm -hmm. um, so I made a plan to, to get debt free because it was something that I hated. It always reminded me of the bad decisions that I made. So since I figure out how to take care of my financial health, now I'm taking, um, helping other women to take care of your financial health too. Yeah. You actually paid your student loan in record time. Yeah. In like 16 months after university. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> well done. More power to you. So to me, it sounds like you. you're very determined. Um, it sounds like when you have a vision to fix something, to repair something, to acquire a new way of being, you go for it. You have to like I when I'm very ser serious when it comes to me. Mm -hmm. um, of course, everything did not happen all at once. I had to like first take care of my spiritual health, get straight with God, and then I started learning about finances. And then after that, I discovered this mental health thing and emotional health. And then after that, I realized that hey, when I work out, I feel better. So now I implemented in my lifestyle. So it's like. Even the things that I eat, the things that I do, it's like, yes, I, oh, I, I can go back to my old ways, mm -hmm. but I'm always going towards that. Like I have this picture of myself when I'm older yeah. and I want to be this um, person that can inspire my nephew, my nephews and nieces. Yeah. Weirdly enough, they're the reason they're still the reason why I'm alive today, because it's I say like, you know, you, you love yourself, um, you put yourself first, but I'm doing it because I, it inspires my nephews and nieces and they see it. They listen to my podcast. They say, I love it. They give yes. me feedbacks and it's amazing. Oh, that's so good to hear. It's always good when we can inspire because you're so young. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you, you're actually younger than some of your nieces and nephews. Some of them. Yes. Like just one, but oh. one of them is like five years younger than me. And yeah. some of them are like three years or yeah so something like that quite similar to age and you, you can be able mm -hmm. to tap into them and yeah and i think sometimes it's good when you've got someone young speaking the same a voice in which they can understand so one yeah. last thing obviously when coming from a big family i said there's no shortages of drama and dysfunctional elements into it how do you protect yourself from that now mm, at first in 2018 we had a group chat on WhatsApp. I removed myself from that group chat. I told them I can't deal with this. I can't like, I'm so, I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, I can't, I, I removed myself. Mm -hmm. um, today, what I do is I, well, when I removed myself, I realized that I was not really happy because I didn't really have a relationship with some, some of my siblings. Mm -hmm. So I spent the last two years to, chill with my siblings be there like some of them um that i'm close to we do activities together we go shopping and stuff like that um but the big family especially the older ones i decided to 
not always be like I don't have to contact them they would contact me now they see that I am doing something and I'm and I'm preaching here and there <laughs> they come to me some some of them will call me and say that they're proud of me um and that's that's just all I need I don't need a relationship with them I see them we laugh and that's what's important for me it's just like everyone is healthy and happy that's all I love that. I told you guys you're gonna like her. So <laughs> Victoria Odia Ndala, where yes. can my listeners find you? Now remember, guys, she works with and I, sorry, I know there's men listening to me. I'm sorry, but she only works with women, right? <laughs> you can still follow on Instagram. I mean, whatever she what she shares is incredible for everyone, right? So yeah. where can my listeners find you? And you've got some courses that you're offering. Tell us about that so someone can hit you up. Yeah, well, if you want to listen to my podcast is the Emirates podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and on Instagram, you can also follow me at the Emirates. So it's T H E E M M E R A N C E. And the things that I do now is I do one on one coaching. So if you go on my Instagram, you just follow the link or you DM me if you have any questions about it and the course that I offer is the debt-free course that's not only for women it's like everything that I learned and how I take care of my finances I put it in the course and you can also find it on my Instagram link oh excellent well thank you for that so guys don't forget I'm gonna put all the links in the podcast description below you can find her there and yeah just hit her up so Victoria it's been a pleasure and thank you so so much and sometime when we communicate i just literally forget you're 25 years old <laughs> thank you so much for having me oh thank you and thank you and apologies for the technical issues <laughs> <laughs> no problem so that is all for today is episode guys i told you you're going to love victoria you can see she's been through so much. She's turned that pain into purpose. There's so many takeaways from this episode, but I'm just going to narrow it down and say, you know what, self-love is the key, right? Adversities are there to teach us a lesson and they don't necessarily have to break us, okay? And Victoria has demonstrated that. She's experienced many things that many people have gone through family estrangement have experienced. And also, she's learned how to come to acceptance in the relationships that even the ones she would have wanted, but they're not what they are, what they are. She's, she's not holding on to what things are supposed to be, how they should be. It's more like, this is how things are, I'm just going to accept this. She's gone through such an incredible journey and she's walked us through this journey through this interview. If you're single out there, maybe you, you have got, you're going through estrangement and you're single and you really need that voice. You really need that person to walk you through this. Listen, get in touch with Victoria. All our details will be on the show notes below of this podcast. So please do get in touch with Victoria. She's such an incredible person with such an incredible energy. Um, and you can just... You just go on our Instagram, you see what I mean for yourself. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, please don't forget to join my Facebook group and don't forget to sign up to the membership site as well. 
anyway that is all for today's conversation and i cannot wait to catch up with you guys again on another episode thank you so much from the deepest parts of my heart i appreciate you deeply no matter where you are in the world take care bye